When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host Tom on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 326 of Rams Up. Before we get to our Rams rehash, let's do a segment on a player who wore number 26 since it is episode 326, and then we'll get to the good stuff. And I decided to talk about a guy that is number 10, an all-time Career rushing yardage as a Ram, Wendell Tyler. Played running back at UCLA in his fifth in career rushing yardage for the Bruins with 3,240 yards. His 1975 Bruin team defeated the number one ranked Ohio State Buckeyes in the Rose Bowl. Selected by the Rams in the third round of the 1977 NFL Draft, 5'10", 198 pounds, Played with the Rams from 1977 to 1986. Wrapped up his career with another team whose name I shall not mention here. Was a key member of that team that faced off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. In Super Bowl XIV, Rams lost that game 31-19. Wendell Tyler, 17 rushes for 60 yards in that game. Rams had quite a stable of running backs on that team. Colin Bryant and Lawrence McCutcheon as well at the tail end of his career. Fun fact about Wendell Tyler, his son Mark Tyler was rated by ESPN as the top high school running back in the United States back in 2007. Ended up playing for USC, which probably did make his dad very happy. Went undrafted in the 2012 NFL Draft, signed with the Green Bay Packers, and was released before the start of the season. And that was the end of Mark Tyler's NFL career. So Wendell finished his Ram career at number 10 all-time in Rams career rushing yardage, 3,266 yards, 33 TDs, and not too shabby when you consider all the guys ahead of him. 
Rams have had some pretty outstanding running backs. Stephen Jackson, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Lawrence McCutcheon, Dick Bass, Todd Gurley, Dan Fowler, Les Josephson, Tank Younger, and then Wendell Tyler. Wendell Tyler just ahead of Colin Bryant and Jerome Bettis. Wow, that's that's a pretty darn good list of running backs. Wendell Tyler, number 26 for the Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk about snap counts from that Rams-Saints game. And a couple of things I missed on offense. The offensive line, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, all played every snap, all 70 snaps. Puka Nakua missed one snap. Demarcus Robinson missed just five snaps. As far as the tight ends, Tyler Higbee being a snap hog, 52 snaps. Davis Allen, 17, and Bryson Hopkins got in for two which tells me there was at least one snap where we had two tight ends in. Tutu Atwell was apparently healthy, but got just four snaps, really yielding to Demarcus Robinson, and Ben Skaronic in for one snap. As far as the running backs go, no sign of Royce Freeman, Ronnie Rivers, 15 snaps, and Kyron Williams, 55. Surprised they didn't give Cooper Cup more breaks, He really looked like he was struggling at times, very slow to get up from tackles. But hey, we already talked about how much he hates the SoFi turf. On the defensive side, Fuller, Johnson, Jones, and Witherspoon in for all 60 snaps. Aaron Donald missed seven snaps, and Michael Hoyt missed nine snaps. The big change here is Kobe Durant. Missing just 10 snaps. He was out there for 83% of the snaps, while Darion Kendrick dropped to 10 snaps. So so doing the math here, it looks like Durant has replaced Kendrick as the number two cornerback. Not sure if they were out there together at all. The other guys making up secondary play. Quentin Lake, 45 snaps, and Russ Yeast, 14 snaps. On the defensive line, pretty much what we've been seeing all along here. Aaron Donald leading the way, followed by Kobe Turner, Jonah Williams, Bobby Brown, and Laurel Murchison. Ernest Brown was in for five snaps. And backups off the edge, Nick Hampton, 12 snaps. Keir Thomas, eight snaps. So what's the takeaway here? Well, Demarcus Robinson has clearly established himself as the number three wide receiver. Tutu Atwell, more of an afterthought. Or is it because he's still coming back from that concussion? I think they'll work him back in eventually, but but clearly Demarcus Robinson ahead of him on the depth chart. And then the flip between Durant and Kendrick. We'll see how that goes. And a bunch of Rams turning in great pro football focus grades. Puka Nakua at 92.5. That's a career high for him. Hey, we saw it in all facets of the game. Ernest Jones, 92.3. A season high for him. He has really elevated his play. Matthew Stafford, 91.8. Aaron Donald, 90.6. Michael Hoyt, 90.3. So maybe we do have something there with Hoyt. Quinton Lake becoming such an integral part of this defense, 89.2. He seems to make big third down plays every week, doesn't he? In the offensive line, Dotson, 89.1. Havenstein, 87.1. Alaric Jackson, 75.8, and Shelton, 75.1. The only one we don't see from the offensive line there is Steve Avila, and I think he still had a pretty good game. 
Kobe Turner also turned in a good score as it Demarcus Robinson. And let me say this about the offensive line. You know, I am probably as guilty as everybody else not highlighting how important they have become in the resurgence of this offense. It is a big deal how well they're playing. And it's kind of interesting, these game balls that Sean McVay gives out. I think he gave out six after the Rams Saints game to Marcus Robinson, Ernest Jones, Jordan Fuller, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Matthew Stafford. I think those were the six, and they all deserve it. But I don't know if I've ever seen the offensive line get recognized. Maybe that's what they should do one game and just say, hey, you know what? Everybody on the offensive line gets a game ball. Here you go. And you know what? Offensive linemen, the way they're wired, they probably don't care so much. But man, they deserve as much credit as any unit for this little surge the Rams are on right now. Hey, there were some signs that this game was going to turn out the way it did. Dennis Allen on a short rest as a coach. Two wins, seven losses against the spread. Make that two and eight. Sean McVay on short rest. 12 and 6 against the spread, make that 13 and 6. The last five seasons, McVay is 11 and 3 against the spread on short rest, that six days or less, make that 12 and 3. Best of 61 qualifying NFL coaches across that period. Hey, did anybody catch this discussion after the game between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Matthew Stafford? They were talking about this tutty buddy concept. And I didn't quite get it. I think what they were talking about is there was someone that they had both thrown a touchdown pass to. Fitzpatrick asked Stafford if he knew who it was. And Stafford said, you know, I think it's a guy that was in the building tonight. And I'm guessing it was Deshaun Jackson, but they never clarified. But hey, whatever. So where does that leave the Rams? Well, they're eight and seven. Since the Vikings haven't played yet, the Rams currently hold the sixth seed in the NFC, but things could change very quickly here. Rams currently have a 72% chance of making the playoffs. But what are the key games remaining? Well, the Rams two games, obviously. Two road games at the New York Giants and then at San Francisco. Then we have Seattle. They travel to Tennessee, come home to play the Steelers, and then on the road again to play Arizona. Really need the Seahawks to lose one of those games. And then we have the Vikings. They host the Lions this week. Then they host the Packers. And then they close the season at Detroit. Those are really the key games remaining. There are others, but these are the games that are probably going to decide the Rams' fate. So right now, 72% chance. I'm not going to do a deep dive onto this, but let's do a couple of scenarios. Let's say the Rams beat the Giants and lose to the 49ers, but the Seahawks win out. That would not be a good scenario. The Rams' chances would drop to 46%. They're not done, though. If the Lions sweep the Vikings, it goes up to 84%. And if the Vikings beat the Packers in that scenario, so So the Vikings go one and two, two losses to the Lions, one win over the Packers. The Rams are in. But if the Packers beat the Vikings in that scenario, Rams' chances drop to 60%. I'll leave it at that. It's very complicated. But what we really want is the Seahawks to lose one of these three games and or 
the Lions to sweep the Vikings. Either one of those scenarios will in all likelihood put the Rams in the playoffs, or the Rams beat the 49ers after beating the Giants. And this is my thought on that Week 18 game, Rams at San Francisco. If the Rams go into that game needing a win, and San Francisco has locked up the number one seed, I shared this on the YouTube channel already, by the way, what do you do if you're the 49ers? On the one hand, if you go full throttle, play all your guys, and try to beat the Rams, there's two risks you're taking there. One is someone gets hurt, and two, you lose to the Rams, and who wins the head game there? 49ers go into the playoffs with a loss and having been beaten by the Rams, a team that could return to Santa Clara in the playoffs. What I'm getting at here is it would be to the 49ers' advantage for two reasons to rest their players. Number one, less risk of injury, resting guys like Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, those would be the most likely guys to rest. And hey, if you're resting Trent Williams, you might want to rest Brock Purdy too, at least limit the number of series he plays. And the other advantage for the 49ers is if they lose, they haven't played all their cards. They haven't given the Rams a sense that, hey, you guys can come in here and beat us when we're at our best. We were resting a bunch of our better players, so don't get too cocky when you come back here. We haven't even shown you what we have. You haven't seen us at our best. And I think the Rams would have a good chance to beat the 49ers in that scenario regardless because, hey, an old adage, you got one team that's not really playing for anything. I don't care how good they are. You got a team coming to town that needs a win badly, really badly. My money's on that team that's desperate to win and get to the playoffs. I would suspect the 49ers would be favored in that game by as much as six and a half points. But I think it'd be a good bet to think the Rams could go in there and win that game. And interestingly, I think we had this exact same scenario in 1988. Going way back, way back in our time machine here, Rams traveled to San Francisco, needed a win to get into the playoffs, and they beat the 49ers, the first place 49ers, 38-16. to And yes, that was a 49er team that went on to win the Super Bowl over the Cincinnati Bengals. We will be back over the weekend with a roundtable and late Sunday, maybe early Monday, we'll do a loop around the league and reevaluate the Rams' path to the playoffs. And those two games we care about the most, both Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Lions at the Vikings and Seahawks at the Titans. Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying my uniform series segments, and I'm going to start another one. This one's going to be a lot more sporadic. And I was thinking about a certain player the other day, wondering whatever happened to him. And I thought that would be a fun little segment to do on occasion. Whatever happened to fill in the blank. And and I was asking myself, whatever happened to Trevan Howard, a guy that will go down in Rams history, grabbing that interception in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, sending the Rams to the Super Bowl, which they eventually won. So what has happened to Trevin Howard? Well, this spring he signed with the Buffalo Bills, but was released in August, right before the season started. And he just recently signed with the Birmingham Stallions of the United States Football League. 
They are, by the way, the defending champs. So hoping it works out for Trevin Howard. If nothing else, he'll always have that memory sealing the win. Aaron Donald brings the heat. Jimmy G chucks it in desperation. And Trevin Howard makes the catch, seals the deal for the Rams. What a great memory for Trevin Howard. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.